Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Podeco Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Last week, Senator Joe Manchin released his contentious energy permitting bill, and that legislation elevates the powers of one agency that the West Virginia Democrat has frequently criticized in the past, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. If his bill is passed, the legislation would give FERC sweeping powers over transmission line permitting and hydrogen infrastructure powers. But it's still unclear how much support Manchin's bill will get, and environmentalists are again raising the alarm over Manchin's efforts to push forward the Mountain Valley Pipeline project. So today, we check in with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about how Manchin's permitting bill helps FERC and his own goals, and the pushback he's getting from Greens. It's Monday, September 26th. So, Kat, how does Manchin's permitting bill that he released last week elevate FERC's powers over approving transmission lines, and why do proponents say that's important to expanding clean energy? Yeah, so they're definitely a big deal for transmission and for renewable energy more broadly. So what this bill does is a couple of things. One, it goes further than the infrastructure bill, which you might remember clarified that FERC has backstop authority for transmission lines in certain corridors that are designated by DOE as in the public interest. So what that means is that if there was a line proposed in that region and the state either rejects it or doesn't move on it, FERC then has the power to step in and basically get things moving. But what this bill would do is take things a step further and actually take states out of the equation altogether. So in theory, FERC would need to kind of set up a process where it brings a proposed line to DOE. DOE says, I see how this could benefit the public. And then FERC can go ahead and say, "Okay, let's get this line cited. The other piece is cost allocation, and that's a very thorny issue that FERC has yet to address despite its many rulemakings on transmission generally because no one wants to pay for big power lines. So what it would do is it would basically say FERC, clarify that FERC has the power to say all beneficiaries of this power line should basically split the payment. So that means ratepayers that will see decreased rates because this power line gives them better access to cheaper wind and solar power, for instance, or other power resources, they get the cost of that line in their rates. And so state utility regulators, unsurprisingly, are already pushing back against what they see as another step by Congress to limit their authority over citing transmission. I've talked to some Republicans who feel similarly and are uncomfortable with this. So why do state utility regulators think this will actually make the approval process smoother? What they point out is this doesn't eliminate the transmission citing process, right? There's still NEPA and there's still a FERC process. And it's not like federal processes are are known for being very quick. So their point is basically, you're taking us out of the equation and kind of for what? Is this really going to speed things up? But at the same time, we do know that states have been a really big impediment to getting these lines cited in the past. So what do analysts say about whether expanding federal authority in this way can actually help get transmission lines built faster? So independent analysts, what do they tell you? Right. So this is a big deal because, like I said, states have traditionally kind of hindered 
the process. And I'm talking about the process specifically for really large transmission lines that would go from region to region or maybe across several states. So if you think about the line, for instance, that was proposed to bring hydropower from Canada into Massachusetts that had to go through Maine. Maine voters said, we don't see many benefits here, so we're going to block this line. And that's happened over and over again. The state where the line passes through constantly opposes those lines. But we know we, we need those big lines to pass through states in order to bring these resources to different parts of the country. One area where people are really concerned is with offshore wind, for instance. You know, if non-coastal states want to access offshore wind, they're going to have a really hard time getting those power lines through states into kind of more Midwestern states and and other states on the East Coast, but not actually on the coast. So it's a big issue that this would resolve. And the other issue is the cost allocation piece that we talked about. And the reason that would help get transmission lines built faster, basically up until now, developers have kind of shouldered the costs for really big system upgrades. And it's kind of a disproportionate amount that is shouldered onto renewable power developers, for instance. And it basically ends up making the process really lengthy and contentious. And this would just clarify a lot of things when it comes to how these lines are actually paid for and make that process a whole lot smoother. Gotcha. And now just shifting to the other side of Mansion's permitting bill, we're already seeing environmentalists raising alarm, of course, over his push to get the Mountain Valley Pipeline project built. So what kind of new backlash are you seeing since this bill actually came out? Yeah, so at FERC's open meeting this month, there were protesters who disrupted the meeting, yelling that FERC should not kind of be rubber stamping these projects. And that's something we actually saw at a meeting in July and isn't completely unusual for FERC to see protesters disrupt meetings. And then we also saw two protests filed with the commission right after the meeting that basically said FERC should not have granted the extension for the Mountain Valley Pipeline. That happened a few months ago now, and FERC basically said that the Mountain Valley Pipeline could have four more years to construct and get this project into operation because it's seen so many delays. And environmentalists say this project is delayed because the developers have been incompetent and really just haven't followed the regulatory process that they're supposed to. And then the other thing that we saw was protests against Manchin himself at a speech in Pittsburgh. Several protesters disrupted his talk. So it's nothing really new in terms of how protesters tend to react to pipelines and how environmentalists tend to push back against pipelines. But it's definitely picking up as the reality of this permitting bill comes closer. People are more willing and more wanting to have their voices heard. Also, on Friday, World Bank President David Malpass told Politico's Ryan Heath that he will not resign from his position and apologized for making controversial climate science remarks. At a New York Times event last Tuesday, Malpass repeatedly dodged questions about the science behind climate change. After that, NGOs and leading climate activists had been calling for Malpass to step down. Malpass told Politico on Friday he wasn't a climate denier, chose his words poorly, and that he would accept training to improve his knowledge of the science behind climate change. He added that none of the 187 countries that are members of the World Bank have asked him to resign. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. 
and subscribe to Political Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.